0: The VC Show is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook. The greatest sports betting app of all time. Download it, but you must be 21 or older. The VC Show, let's go. Doing the part with Rod. We got the sports on deck for our audience. Whether it's big news, hot topics, updates, straight facts, storytelling, breakdowns, or special guests. VC Show, let's go. It's time to turn it out. The VC Show, let's go. Let's go. The VC Welcome everybody to the VC show, presented by Caesar Sportsbook on Omaha Audio. I'm Vince Carter alongside Roz Gold on a Roz, what's going on? Where in the world are you? And you've been a busy lady lady lately. I've been trying to hold it down, doing the best I can, but glad you're back. Oh man,
1: Vince, I know there is nothing that you cannot do. Like, um, but I've been I've been hustling and moving and shaking and working all of NBA I see you. and all of NBA All-Star I Weekend. See it, first of all, shout out to Salt Lake City. You know, for all the talk of, oh, another cold city, it was beautiful, sunny, yes, brisk, but the, t- the city was um, ready to host. The people were very warm and friendly. It was a wonderful host city. And um, I really enjoyed um, all of, like, the camaraderie of All-Star Weekend. In particular, I, I liked... The, I did enjoy the dunk contest. I thought it was exciting, the three-point contest. And for me, um, the way that Africa shined during this all-star, whether it was during the halftime show, an all-Afro beat halftime show, or the attention to the NBA Africa luncheon, you know that's near and dear to my heart. So um, this all-star mm-hmm. was special for me. What, what was your favorite part that you saw, Vince?
0: Oh, man, you know... I'm always obviously glued to Saturday to me. Uh, it, it's always an honor to be a part of obviously Sunday, but it's nothing like all-star Saturday night. Uh, that's what I, that's, you know, what I made t- time for. I watched, uh, you know, I was, I was excited for De'Aaron Fox. I was excited for a lot of guys that I know who were rookies that I had. So I got a chance to watch some of the rookies. I went back and watched the dunk contest. I didn't watch it live uh, on purpose, but but I went back and watched the dunk contests and, I I knew a little bit about Mac McClung coming into it. Uh, I had a brief conversation with um, Jericho Sims. Uh, Obviously, I know Kenyon Martin uh, Sr. So there were some guys that I was familiar with, and I was excited to see a good show because I thought these were athletes. And I was interested to see because I I always say this, people get caught up in the fact that we see dunkers that are in-game dunkers that jump extremely Mm -hmm. high. That doesn't mean it translates. It does translate over to dunk contest, Ducky, because imagination comes into play in my. One hundred
1: percent, one hundred percent. We're gonna dive in a little bit deeper on our breakdown of an analysis of uh, of All Star Weekend, but first we gotta welcome in a very special guest, Vince.
0: Yeah, and you know we also gotta. This is Black History Month, and you know we wanted to shine light. Uh, on, on on his on on the history uh, of, of our country and of, of the sport of basketball, and I thought, what better person, uh, you know, uh, than to honor someone who is very instrumental in uh, NBA history in uh, what we see today as one and dones, uh That and I, I got an opportunity to to work with him not only just to to, to tell his story, but Acting a little bit, so you know I like to honor Black History and, and and introduce an NBA legend, a very important piece. And if you don't know, after this, after you guys hear this show, please go look up Spencer Haywood's story and understand how important he is to not only young athletes but to the league. So Spencer Haywood, thank you so much. Thank you for uh, for joining us today. And before you say something, I want you to talk about that piece that's standing behind you that you told me about.
2: Well. Here it is. This is the. It's a tree. It's a root of how all of the players got to the NBA. And there is Vince sitting at the top here. I made the tree. And Michael Jordan and Kobe. We have uh, look like Devin Booker, Jason Tatum, and let's see. There's LeBron on that side. It's Kobe up there at the top. Yeah, that's Kobe. So it's it's a tree. It's called the tree of life for the NBA, because until I came along, uh, the NBA, you had to wait for four years, either in college or you would sit out or go to the Globetrotters or go overseas, and then you come back to the NBA. So basically, you were losing maybe three to four years on your playing career starting. So, I thought it was unfair. And so, I sued the NBA for the rights to play. And the NBA sued me back, saying that I was violating their trust agreement with the NC2A. And so, the case went from the lower courts all the way to the Supreme Court, where Thurgood Marshall said, You cannot deprive a young player from making a living. When we are asking them to go to Vietnam, uh, Vietnam uh, to fight at age eighteen, we ask, asking these young men to do these different things. But yet, when it comes to making money for themselves or helping their family, uh, we you can't do it. And what was happening as well? The the universities and the colleges were taking all of the money, the coaches, the the university, uh, the car dealers, the hotels in those cities—they were loading up. Whereas uh, the players could not make any money, and they could only receive maybe a hamburger or something like that, huh. stipends. And whereas they were like taken out of, say, Chicago, or I was taken out of, like, Detroit, and our group didn't get any any residual effects of I that. Mean, it was just. Uh, University of Alabama, you just take it all and your whole community take it all. So I thought it was wrong and being I'm an old boy from Silver City, Mississippi and it ain't no silver and it ain't no city. And it's from Mississippi with you got four eyes and can't see. (laughs) Man, what you said. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I I thought it would be a a good fight, but I didn't know it would last a year and they would... uh, Give me injunctions. Uh, The first 10 games I played, it was okay because it was just uh, the announcer would come on. Ladies and gentlemen, we have an illegal player on the floor, number 24. And this game is being played under protest. Wow. So and it went on. And they could throw bottles and everything. Back then, they didn't have plastic rods. They just (laughs) threw real
0: bottles. (laughs) They threw real bottles.
2: (laughs) real bottles and people yelling, go back to school. And I was like, I can't go back. I am, I played already. (laughs) Right. So I'm in violation of the NC2A rules. And then the next time I got an injunction, I mean, they got an injunction for me to stay. So I would sit in Seattle and hang out over at the university of Washington and Seattle university. And the guy that I would hang out with was Rick Welts. Uh, the Golden State Warriors. He was our ball boy at the time. And so when I got yeah, I know. <laughs> so when I got to Seattle when with the Sonics, Lenny Wilkins was Lenny Wilkins was a player coach. And he had on his uniform. Rod Thorne was the assistant coach. He had on his wow. uniform. <laughs> Tom Macheri, who who is you know in the Golden State uh, ceiling. He was the associate coach. So we had no one on our team in a suit. Everybody was in uniform. (laughs) And so, so we went to Cincinnati. Let me just cut it into it. We went to Cincinnati first, and they said, we got an injunction for Spencer Haywood, and they put me out into the snow. Because the injunction read this particular night, well, He cannot stay in the locker room and stay warm. We want to put him out into the snow. We're going to break his spirit. So they put me out into the snow. And the security and the police that was guarding me because I couldn't violate the injunction, they just got angry at how I was being treated. So they put me in the car and said, we're going to lose our job. I don't care. So they protected me that particular night.
0: And Spencer, let it be known that you that – you. I, I remember you telling me this, that they put you out in the snow in your uniform. Yeah. You I'm didn't get a chance uniform. to change. Yeah. You were in your I uniform.
2: A, I didn't get a chance to change. So I was out with my uniform, and I had my, my snap warm-ups uh, on the bottom, <laughs> but it was freezing. And then I get another, another injunction to play after that ju- injunction ran out for 10 games. Then I get into Chicago – Your friend, Michael Jordan, you guys from North Carolina and all of that. But anyway, I get into Chicago. The great Hall of Famer Chet Walker saw me warming up on one end. And the Chicago Bulls say, say that you're hurt. And so he said, looking at Spencer warm up and dunking, I hurt my ankle. So the Bulls sued me for $600,000. Yeah, I Wait, know. Wait, why? Because I wasn't a member. Huh? Why were
1: they suing you? Yeah, why go ahead, Ross. Were they suing you for that amount of, what, 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 what was their ground? Well, the
2: whole idea was, how was, the, the whole, whole idea was to break the spirit of me so that I would just give it up and you would have your four-year rule because it was being funded by the NC2A and Duke Energy and those kind of funds that were there because they were preaching that, you know, if this rule is defeated, we are going to lose all of our revenue in college, and which, which was not so, but that was the whole preaching point of view. And then our guys would not be educated and blah, blah, blah. So I finally got a chance to play. And then we had worked our way to the Supreme Court. And Thurgood Marshall says under the Sherman Antitrust Act, I am going to grant Haywood, the right to play, and thus the change of basketball and football forever, NFL and NBA. And I still wasn't a member of the Players Association. So, Kareem Abdul Jabbar, where normally the teams would take it, the, they would come out on the floor and see me warming up, and they would take their teams downstairs or they would sue me because it was part of the Players Association because they had convinced the players the Jerry West, the, the Wilt Chamberlain, all of those greats, that if this guy win this case, you and your family is going to be out on the street because we're going to have a lot of Vince Carter, Spencer Hayward, Kobe's, and all of them coming into the league and they're going to push you right out on the street. <laughs> so they didn't support me. And Kareem wouldn't go downstairs. Kareem said, well, no, I'm, I want to play against Wood. I, man, we've been, we've been battling each other, not... Physically yet, but we wanted to see who was the Who was We were the two best players. And so he didn't go back downstairs and sports illustrators had a picture of it saying, oh, my God, these two guys are the new future of the NBA. And that's when things kind of broken open. And then Wilt Chamberlain, uh, Jerry West and all of those guys, Oscar Robertson said, we were just working with the teams and how they were structured. And so welcome home. Welcome to the NBA. And from that point in 1971 until today, that case has generated for players and players salaries and life on their uh, career $35 billion in player revenue. And a guy like LeBron, <laughs> for an example, when he broke Kareem's record last week or uh, mm-hmm. week before last, he would have been short by 8,341 points if he didn't have this rule. Mm. Because he got four years to do it. That's interesting. Four that's interesting. extra years to do it. And that's that's why when I was sitting with Kareem, I waved at you. You were like, I'm too busy. I'm too famous. <laughs> no, I know she didn't. No, no, no. No, she yeah. didn't. <laughs> Spencer, I can't
0: say nothing because she's gonna think I'm t- I'm taking your side. So no, I'm just gonna say mm. right. I was hustling,
2: no, 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 no. Me, I was
1: hustling. All I, was hustling.
2: <laughs> I know you were working. You know, I know you were working the girl. But they, they um, finally, the, the league decided that on Saturday that they will set Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Spencer Haywood, and Julius Irving in in side by side in a in a in a seat and show. What kind of contributions we have made for the NBA, and it was beautiful. And we, man, we just talked about it, and Kareem kept hitting me in elbow and me saying he wouldn't have broke the record if it wasn't for Ah. you. And and what's cool about it is that he's acknowledging that,
0: you know, that he acknowledged obviously that what, you know, your sacrifice and also like, Hey, if he didn't, he'd have been 8,000 points short. (laughs) Right, 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 right. right. That
1: messed me up. No, but one of the things I'm taking away from listening to you, Spencer's, you know, camaraderie and advocacy of the players around you was important in seeing your fight and your, and your uh, fight for this go through. And, listening to what you went through, the sacrifice, the um, injustice thrown your way as people try to discourage you. Once you broke through, once there was legislation around this, let's fast forward to now. You're seeing player movement, player empowerment. You're seeing young players not only getting to leave early, but now having NIL legislation, name image likeness. You know, this all I think trickles from your case.
2: My case, now, yes. What, it is what are you my NIO.
1: proud of or excited about of the way the game is now and shaped by, you know, what you were able to accomplish then?
2: Well, I, I'm so proud that uh, young players like LeBron, we'll use him as an example, uh, guys who are able to come into the NBA Bring their whole posse of people, their families, their mothers, their fathers, their brothers, their sisters. And it brought generational wealth to black folks because we wasn't in the picture before. And so this ruling helped those, those people as well as now last year, the NIL, they reached out to me about what did I think about the NIL? And I said, it's about time you, you pay the players because you can't continue to have me picking all of the cotton and you reap all of the benefits. You sit on the porch drinking a mint julep saying, man, they sure did work hard in the fields today, but you get no reward. So that's what I see about it. About it. And, and I was very pleased to see the NFL this year. They did mention it, that Patrick Mahone was under my ruling as do quarterback this year that won the Super Bowl so I was like finally <laughs> <laughs> so it's just been a lot of excitement I, I spent some time with Kobe before he passed we were working on the movie of my life because he thought it would be something that he would want to produce and make it happen perfectly and then he he passed God rest his soul and his great daughter but, yeah, that was, that was something special. But I do have something even special that's happening now, but I, I guess my, my company that I just signed with for the movie rights don't want me to talk about it as much. So I'll mention it to you that we have a major motion picture that is coming to explain the whole story to all of the young players because they don't know uh, who I am right. or what I did. So right. that's going to help. Uh, enlighten them on this. And it's a major motion picture.
1: For those watching right now who may not, you know, might be of a younger generation, real quick, just to catch you up, we're talking to Spencer Haywood, Hall of Famer, inducted in 2015. We're talking to NBA champion, uh, 1980. Let's talk about 1969 ABA Rookie of the Year and MVP in the same season. And then, of course, what we just detailed here, um, successful court litigation sued the NBA over eligibility and one in the Supreme Court creating underclassmen and and draft eligibility so um, lots of discuss here um, you're multifaceted don't forget it's,
2: the Olympics
1: okay and Olympia I'm reading what they put here <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah well the the 68 Olympics was very interesting too because I wasn't supposed to try out because I was too young and when Kareem boycotted the 68 Olympics in West Unsell and Elvin Hayes went into the pros, they invited me down to try out for the Olympic team. And I went there thinking, well, you know, I think I'll just grab me some some gear, events, go back to Detroit, show my stuff. Like, hey, I tried. Show it. off the Olympic gear. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, they was we had a, a group of athletes in the in at the University of New mexico lined up and they started cutting players who did make the team Pete Marveridge averaging forty four points per game cut uh calvin Murphy averaging thirty three points a game cut Rick mount averaging thirty nine points a game cut uh, Dan Issel, cut tom borwinkle cut and then he look over and says. You know, I think the guy that's going to take us all the way to the gold medal is this guy, Spencer Hayward. I was like, who? Me? (laughs) (laughs) I'm a freshman. (laughs) So that was pretty unique. And then we went down to Mexico City. And when we got to Mexico City, here's these two cats, man, walking around, teaching us about history, Tommy Smith and John Carlos. It's like you know you got to be in the revolution, bro. You got you got to be ready. And George Foreman and I was like, man, all we want to do is get to the commissary and eat up all of this good food. Not <laughs> a lot of free food.
0: Now, yeah. hey, real quick, did you did you get any backlash from like the Calvin Murphys and the Pete Meroviches Mar- because they were averaging these outrageous numbers, yeah. and you were the freshman that actually got on. Uh, and they felt that they could leave. Did they have any ill will or f- feelings to you because of that, or did you feel
2: that, or did they show any to you? No, no, no. Because I killed them all. I'm sounding like that guy. What's uh, <laughs> that guy? The, the, the dude <laughs> that was had the mic, hot mic on HBO. And he said, I killed them all. I killed them all. But no, I turned that stuff out. I was playing so out of body. You know, Vince. Sometimes you play out of out of your body. Uh-huh. And I was playing out of my body and out of my mind. I blocked everything. I ran. And being that I had been only up north for like three years in Detroit, I was a cotton picker from Mississippi. So we worked from sun up to sundown, eight to 12 hours a day, every day. And everything I did was walking or running. So I was a big kid and... And they put me in that arena. We were saying who the best will come to the top. I was like, shh.
0: Cream will rise to the top.
2: Yeah. So I rose to Mm. the top. And here I am three years before. I'm picking cotton for $2 a day. And now all of a sudden, here I am in the Olympic, a gold medal winner, and set records, the MVP. And I also set the record for most points in the history of the Olympic Games. The highest field goal percentage ever in the Olympic games, the most rebounds, and the most block shots. The only time I lost my scoring record was... Uh, it's KD, right? KD, so yeah. Ago. He came yeah. in and shooted yeah, threes I remember that. and everything. Yes. He wiped me right out. I was like, "Wow, that ain't cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got every other record. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I said, K, you know. Because, you, you know, he's a Sonic, too, so he don't want to admit right. that. Yeah. Right. What, what, what a wealth miss?
1: of experience um, in just one person's life. My goodness.
2: Um, yeah, but let me tell right. you what happened, Roz. When 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 Tommy Smith and John Carlos was just trying to say something back home for the black folks, because black folks was like, "You should have boycotted. You shouldn't even be there. Like do like Kareem." And we was like, oh, "We got to play. We got a future." So. They were making a salute to black folks back home at the glove and human rights and all over the world. But Avery Bronich, who was a friend of Adolf Hitler, was the head of the Olympics. He came in, he was a Nazi. He kicked them out of the uh, compounds where we were staying, marched them right through all of us as Olympic players. And we're like, what you doing? Why are you doing this? They won bronze and they won gold. And we want to make you make it an example. You guys can't say another word. And if you do, we've taken your passport and you're stuck here in Mexico City. <laughs> so when you see, when they escorted John and Tommy off the, off the ground, you see George Foreman, when he knocked out the Russian, all of a sudden George had a flag, that little American flag waving it. Yeah, yeah, I am an American. <laughs> 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 and then you saw me standing on the podium. Uh, they, put, they put the gold medal on my neck, and I'm standing there thinking, wow, three years ago, I was picking cotton as a slave, and now I'm an American hero with a gold medal. I mean, this country is, you can say a lot about it, being bad or whatever, but you can rise. Mm-hmm. Wow. So that was my experience at the 68 Olympics. The VC showed let's go.
1: Building the perfect same-game parlay can be time-consuming, but with Quick Picks, the Caesar Sportsbook app does the work for you. Quick Picks are pre-built same-game parlays that turn today's biggest headlines, storylines, and games into bets. They're quick and easy to use, and you can't miss them. They're right on the home screen of your Caesar Sportsbook app. Give them a try, and if you haven't downloaded the app yet, register using code OMAHAFULL, and then place your first bet. If you win, congrats. If you don't, you'll get your stake up to $1,250 back as a bet credit. If you have a gambling problem in Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Licensed to Horseshoe, Bossier, City, and Harris, New Orleans. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER, which is one or in West Virginia, visit one 80 New York. Call 877-8 H O P E N Y or text H O P E
0: Gym membership? Check. Streaming membership. Check. On-demand food and grocery membership. Yes, that's the thing. Time to try Dash Pass by DoorDash and unlock savings you didn't know you were missing. Dash Pass is a membership from DoorDash that offers unlimited $0 delivery fees from thousands of eligible restaurants, grocery stores, and convenience stores. Once you join, you'll save on each eligible order and receive DoorDash credits back on all pickup orders. That means more money back in your wallet. You'll also enjoy the best of your neighborhood as you discover the new and best places near you. Get 50% off up to a $20 value on your next DashPass order when you sign up for a membership and redeem Vince at checkout. That's 50% off your first DashPass order up to a $20 value with Vince, V-I-N-C-E. Say goodbye to delivery fees. Get DashPass from DoorDash today using Vince, V-I-N-C-E. When you've got zero delivery fees, you're free to get more because you can. Start your free month trial today.
1: First of all, like just um, digesting that is crazy. What a story of overcoming and also what an inspiration and how quickly life can change. Um, Parallels that I'm seeing to now, you know, is it crazy to you that in some ways we're having similar conversations, you know, that we are then and you got athletes now using, understanding their voice and their platform to speak up on tough topics around the world and within the U.S.
2: Yes, I feel very proud that I was a part of that revolutionary group of, of athletes because we had Kurt Flood, went to the Supreme Court for baseball, and just before I finished my case, Muhammad Ali was there, or was he after, uh, for his case. So the three athletes that were there, and now one, he got ostracized and got thrown out of America, it was Kurt Flood. He had to go live in another country and never to come when he came back to major league baseball before he passed and more before he died uh the players didn't know who he was they just looked at him like what is this old drunk man who is he you know and uh yeah. ali you, you know his impact and then mm-hmm. with me uh what the league has done and what the NC2A because I sued them they have decided we will call the rule First, we call it the hardship rule. Yep, right. Secondly, we call it early entry. And thirdly, we call it one and done. And now, this is the first time I've spoke with Adam Silver, I spoke with Tamika. They are looking to make the change finally, as it should have been years, 53 years ago. To the Spencer Haywood rule, and then all of the players would know what it's all about. Because I was hanging out with the guys on the sideline, and Kareem kept pulling them over. I was like, God, you're embarrassing, Kareem. Y'all should know him. You know, this is Spencer they Haywood. They should. And then Julius, like Spencer, you got to you be one
0: with that, bro. You're like, you, I, I mean, because, like, this is I history know. that a lot of, like, I, I I did some work with you on the show and still learning a lot about your history, and yeah. when I thought I knew, knew a, a, a lot about it, like, I'm sitting here, like, in you awe. Know, like, and I yeah, feel like, yeah, yeah it's like it's, there's more, you know, and for me being an Olympian, for me getting the opportunity to stay on that platform and, and, and receive a gold medal, like, like, yeah, I know what it's like, but, like, it's just it's different. Like, I, I, I didn't make the uh, original team. I got okay. on after Tom Guglielder got hurt, and I ended up leading the team in scoring, and it was that same feeling, like, wow, yeah. I went from not even being on the team He's to leading the the, team. The, the the to lead you know getting on the team leading score getting the opportunity to to wear a gold medal so like it's a parallel and I get the feeling but your your story and that experience is like times ten and I know a lot of young, young people today Ross kind of touched on it a little bit don't you know they're not there's some who are but a lot of them are don't you no know, don't really dig into history it's or not understand their
2: fault,
0: no I, no one hundred percent and that's what I wanted to say like is they're not into it but I feel like this is a must hear and, and, and a must do a must read. And when your story comes out, it's a must watch and NBA teams should make a day, you know, where they go watch and learn your story. Yes. And I just
1: want to also throw flowers on this. Like when we're having all these conversations right now about player empowerment, um, you know, added points and, and stats totals to the longevity of the grades, including you know, the history and some of the story behind LeBron able to come in straight from high school or um, name image likeness laws and the money that's going to be made for these athletes, whether they're pro or not. All of this can be taken back to your first efforts. Like it really (laughs) is.
2: Yeah. Roz, let me say one thing. Uh, The one player, retired or current, that has had me on his show is that man you sit next to, Vince Carter, is the only one that ever brought me out of, you know, out front and said, let's do some history a little bit. Let's do some history. And so I'm so appreciative of, of him. And he's such a wonderful man. So thank you so much. But, uh, Absolutely. This, this is an awesome time for me because, you know, uh, it's just... You know, looking at my four daughters, one of them are here today just visiting, and your girl, Isis, she's in and out of here like every two <laughs> or three weeks. Zuleika, uh, Zuleika is running Iman Inc. because that was my first marriage, was with Iman. So uh, so we had the fashion world. Oh, cool. That's <laughs> so cool. And then Courtney is a professor at the HBC University. And in uh, Philadelphia, Lincoln University. So I've been very blessed to have uh my Shakira, the one that's here, she's a doctor. She works also with the NBA Players Association as a psychiatrist for the players. You
1: did good, Dad. So
2: I've been Yeah, I did good. So well they did, did. good. Um, <laughs> they did good. You, you were, I just you laid were the a groundwork
1: girl dad before we even had the turn. Girl dad.
2: <laughs> All right. Fully girls.
1: (laughs) Um, What's it like to be someone who dominated on on a male sports stage and then come up and want to guide four young girls into into womanhood?
2: Yeah, well, that that was a beautiful experience because one of my first experiences with my daughters, uh, I'm a friend of Richard Williams, so I was like, my daughters can take your daughters out. I'm going to train them. I had just retired. I said, I'm training my daughters to become the best tennis players in the world. So we would go and work every day. And I would like take them into the city because we lived outside of the city in Detroit. So we would bring them in and they would like practice and practice and practice. And I was like, whatever you do, don't ever slip over and play basketball. Let's just work on tennis. <laughs> <laughs> so they got together. And one day we were all going to the, to the, to play tennis and work on our game. And they said, hey pops, we have all as a group, four girls, decided we don't wanna do your dream. <laughs> we quit, <laughs> we quit. And we always love basketball and we love tennis, but we quit. This is, this is it. This is your last day in the big heart. <laughs> So I I, thought uh, I I I mean it was fun. We were just hanging out. And Spencer, so, don't feel bad. I said I got that same sit down with my daughter. What happened, okay, what you know what I'm saying. You? What happened? The man? exact
0: same thing. The exact same thing. She she played tennis for so for so long, and uh, she was uh, tra- training with Coco Golf and got very, really good and in the top 20 in the state. And then after she 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 uh, won her last tournament and and did well. She's like, Dad, I don't want to do this anymore. I was like, wait, what? <laughs>
2: wait a minute! Oh, okay. My heart is but broken. You, you,
0: no, I mean, she was just she put so much work in it and yeah. trained hard to become, you know, one of the best in the state in 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 the state, and then just didn't want it. Her heart wasn't there anymore. She wanted yeah. to kind of transition into volleyball. So, yeah. as as much it was kind of painful and crushing, I'm like, yo, it's like you could get a scholarship, full ride for this, you know, if it wasn't in her. I respected it, and you know. Here we are.
2: Well, I was my my plot was a little deeper because I was thinking, wait a minute, I'm going to be at the French Open. I can hang out in Paris. I you know, because Iman <laughs> and I back in the old days, oh, we had a you, I know, Ross. Listen to this. We had fun <laughs> living in Paris and stuff. And I could go to the Italian open. <laughs> oh my God, my girls, y'all are sidebar of what I want. <laughs> I'll be in. You, know, you just I'll gotta get me there, <laughs> Brooklyn, I gotta be in. I'll be in Australia, and they said, "No, Daddy O, we're going to play basketball." I was like, "Oh no!" <laughs> so they played basketball and played college tennis, but they quit. And that was then. Zuleika, my oldest daughter, she put it even rougher on me. She says, two things I don't want to be in life: an athlete." Or model. Dang,
1: she like, don't want to do that. My dad. Sounds pretty <laughs>
2: personal. <laughs> yeah, that's for both <laughs> of y'all. <laughs> yeah, that sounds very it personal. personal, ladies. <laughs> yeah. So I had so much fun growing up, growing up with my daughters. That's why they all come back and forth. And and you know, uh, my last two, we lost. Um, they lost their mother six months ago. My wife died after 36 years of hanging out. Me and her and married for 33, so I miss her a lot, but I know she's hovering over me and guiding all of this stuff. And, and She's my opening those other right doors here. for you. Yeah, yeah. yeah she- open all of these doors, yes, exactly. And she looked just like Isis, so I can look at Isis and say, hey.
1: Hey, Isis is so stunning, like showstopper. Takes after her. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I um, I didn't know your family was going You know how
2: that. she got that name, right?
1: And I want to wish, you know, just, May she rest in peace and, and peace for your family. Um, we appreciate, like, the insight on fatherhood here. I mean, there's just so much um, versatility in the way, like, you've existed in your life.
0: Breaking news. Manscaped now sells beard products. That's right. They are once again revolutionizing men's grooming with the brand new Beard Hedger Pro Kit. From a beard trim to a fresh shave. The technology behind the Beard Hedger Pro Kit allows you to shape your signature beard look. And right now, you can go to Manscaped.com and use the code VCShow for 20% off and free shipping. It's time to tame your mane. No one likes a weird beard, so say goodbye to all your stubble trouble with Manscaped's Pro Beard Kit. It all starts with the Beard Hedger. This thing is a juggernaut of fixing faces. First off, This cordless trimmer has a rotary wheel that gives you 20 hair cutting lengths, all with one guard. So no more messy drawers full of extra add-ons. The Pro Kit doesn't end there. You'll also get beard shampoo and conditioner, beard oil, and beard balm. The Pro Beard Kit also comes with three free gifts. A beard brush, comb, and scissors to ensure your beard is ready to impress. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code... VC show at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code VC show. Manscaped Beard Hedger. One stroke, one guard, 20 lengths. I'm going to
1: take you to another chapter of your life, Spencer. Let's look. At, the, okay. at that Lakers season um, that HBO's Winning Time focused on following the Lakers' dramatic 1980 season where the championship was won. They casted actor Wood mm-hmm. Harris as you. Um, winning Time has yeah. been a huge hit. So how do you feel about the way HBO depicted you and, and those Lakers?
2: Well, I, I think you know, some of the players I spent, uh, we, w- we went to Hawaii together together. Kareem, all of us recently, and we talked about it and everything, but I, I had no problem in my depiction because I got to Los Angeles and I fell in with a bad group of people and I started freebasing cocaine and that's a fast track. That's not like, you know, if you snorted, you might survive a year, but freebasing was like, you know, six months, you just see some crazy stuff happen. So, and when I got there, I came in from New Orleans averaging 24 points and 10 rebounds per game. And I didn't report to Utah. So the Utah fans were a little pissed off at me this weekend when I showed up. <laughs> 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 so I forced the trade because Iman wanted to continue to work and we couldn't get any work in Utah and she wanted to act. So we was in LA and Vince uh, the first quarter of the season I was doing really great, but then it started decaying my game. I started losing my hands and and I would always blame it on Magic because he was a rookie. So we would be in in the you know film room looking at our film, looking at our stuff and I was like, they uh Pat Riley and Westhead would always say, Spencer, why are you not rebounding? You average you average 10 rebounds a game, what are you doing? I said, it's not me, Of course, I was in total denial. It's not me, it's Kareem, look at, watch this. He shoot the hook, the sky hook, he making, he is making 60% of them, and then the other 60%, I run to the other side to get the rebound, it rolls off on the other side, it's on Kareem. And he says, why why are you losing your hands? What happened with your hands? Oh, I said, "Oh my God, that's magic!" He's magic with the bad ball. passes. <laughs> yeah, he, no, it, no, I it couldn't say, say it on the film, bitch, because it was like right, right, was, right. Like, Hit me in my hand, and I was right. like, "Well, I got too much spin on the ball. <laughs> he puts too much spin on my ball, and everybody else's ball is like perfect. Perfect. So I was going through my whole denial purpose uh, principle." And then I got worse. I had lost 15 pounds drilling with this, with this disease. And once we got all the way to the finals, I had just melted down because I was hanging out with Richard Pryor, everybody, you know, that was in that, in that era. And so we get to the final where we, we, we got past Seattle. We were into the finals against Philadelphia and. I said, maybe I was trying to be away from everything. And Imam was like, oh my God, she was so nervous. So she left and went back to New York because she knew I was falling apart. And her sister Nadia stayed with me in Los Angeles. So uh, I took a, a little ride with some crazy people just before the finals. And I, I knew something was wrong coming back from the house where we had been getting high that morning because I waited too late. And I, I waited too late to, to pull back. It was, we had like two hours before practice. I had to come across Los Angeles. So I was driving my car and I get over to La Cienega and down before we get to to the to the arena, I'm sitting there and I'm trying to figure out Why are these people blowing their horn at me? I had been sitting there for 10 minutes because I had went to sleep in my car. I could have, could have happened on the highway, could have happened on the freeway. I would have been dead. So I get to practice and then we do, we are doing stretching exercise and I lay back and uh, uh, Jamal and Kareem and I would always stretch together. So I fall asleep again. So they says, well, you got to go home. We got to, we got to, we got to win the championship. So I go home and regroup, and then I get to the game. Kareem is on the free throw line. I got a ball because I, I've lost my hands. The ball slips out of my hand, fall out. <laughs> this, is a, this is a point of, like, important point in, in the game. The ball, tennis ball, roll on the floor. Kareem looking at me like, like, <laughs> <laughs> So, so I, then I, I kind of got myself together and, and Julius Irvin, we were playing against the Julius. And, and Julius was like, man, you got to get this together, man. You know, you're in the finals. What's going on? What? Because we've been friends for years. So, And then all of a sudden, Westhead decided, well, we think we should suspend him. Because we got enough to win the championship. We don't need him anymore. We got past Seattle. And so that's how I got suspended from the team. So I was sitting in my in my home in Englewood and just being just all in a bad place with a lot of bad people, and then I get this knock on my door, and it's Dr. Vanderway, Kiki Vanderway's father, and he said, you got to go with me. So he took me over to his home and just wouldn't let me leave the home and prayed with me, prayed over me, and then – when the season ended, uh, Kareem came over, and he was like, man, we got the championship, but we miss you, and we love you, but we ain't going to give you no full playoff share because you're going to get worse. <laughs> <laughs> so they took my no, playoff. Said, we love you, but you're not getting the money. <laughs> you're not going to get the money. I know because, uh, no, because they were trying to protect me. They didn't know right, how Right, of play. course. We didn't of have course. no treatment facilities back then, so they said, well, We'll take the playoffs share and give it to him later because I, I know who he's hanging with and I know what he's going to do. And because I was slipping, I, and then later on, and then they said, well, you're going to have to go to Italy to play to clean out because we don't have you know, anything. So I said, please take me, let me go someplace. I just want to get well again. So I get over there and I'm going through my physical and the doctor's telling me I had a slight heart attack smoking that that mess. I was like, wow, I was that close to dying? So I got myself together and they loved me up and I came back to uh, the Washington Wizards, which is the Washington Bullish back then. Had a great season and getting ready to have the best season of my life. And then Iman was in an automobile accident in New York. So I had my young daughter, Zuleika, I had her sister Nadia, Nadia and Idul stayed with us because, you know, Somalia was going through exile and they didn't have green cards. So I brought brought all of her family and lived with me in New York. So I had to go home. And that's how I ended my career, right at home. But I, I went through my sobriety. I went and went to treatment. I did treatment for first my 30 days and then the... The counselor scared me and said, "You're going to need more. You, you're no good. You're going to, you can't wait to get high." And sure enough, in my mind, I was thinking, "I can manage my getting high now." So, uh, I did another sixty. <laughs> did another sixty days. Then I drove my car all across the country, making meetings, and and I was sitting on the bank up behind my house in Mississippi, trying to figure out what happened, and then going through the history of my family. I have, I've lost four brothers and sisters to alcoholism because the disease is in our gene. And and now I'm going into my thirty-eighth year of sobriety because That's awesome. I, I worked the program and Shakira, my daughter that's here now, she used to go with me to see my psychologist. And so she would sit in the lobby and so she ended up being a doctor and a psychologist because of my problem. And so I've been so that's grateful wow. and so much gratitude. And that's what happened in LA. That's the story, Roz. Wow, Kind of deep, but that's what happened. Kind of.
1: Yeah. Kind of deep. When you think, too, though, like, where the, the, the trajectory of your life, you're talking about somebody who went from working hard labor You know, Mm -hmm. to suddenly you're in the NBA, you're in all these types of high level, you know, crowds, you're in the Olympics, you've got attention, you've got money now. Like now we've got there was no rookie symposium that there there was no mental health coach or sports psychologist (laughs) to help you through this. And it speaks to like the importance of these these topics that have become more relevant now. But back then there was no support.
2: There was nothing, no support. In fact, when I went to see the psychologist, my psychiatrist first with Iman, when we when we had just, we was just settling into New York and after retirement, I went in and I was trying to figure out, I, I don't have no problem. So why am I here? Maybe she got a problem, <laughs> but not me, <laughs> you know, and so, I, I, listened to him and I started talking. And then he said, well, Iman, you got to go out. You got to get out of the room. And so then we start talking and we start dealing with how I grew up in Mississippi, the, the whole Klan thing that I lived through and how they were shooting at us at night. And it's just so much stuff started boiling over. And I said, I walked out of there. I said, I think I found a place to hang. <laughs> so that's been my life, you know, going and talking it out. I don't carry no baggage with me. And so I, I just dump it. in. And so what happened was then I became the, the chairman of the board for the NBA retired players. The first thing out of my box were we need health insurance. So Chris Paul, LeBron James, Steph Curry, and those guys said, we're going to give you the same health insurance that we got. So at that same time, Nate Archibald, Hall of Famer, great guard of all times, one of the, he was dying because he had needed a heart transplant. So we got him that heart transplant. Earl Monroe had hip problems. We we got all of those things straight. So that's been my little mission, working with my guys, the older guys, and hanging around with the young guys, listening to them telling me about old days. All um, these guys—they cool. don't know about all old these days. Guys, <laughs> gotta send
1: you a handwritten thank you note and a gift because you've protected them at the beginning of their careers, during their careers, and when they're done, they're going to be protected afterwards as well as retired players. Yes. Seriously, it's.
2: But that's God's will.
1: Well, actually, I know that you get to hang out in Las Vegas, and I know Vince and I were, were have talked about this on the show. We wanted to to look forward with you, look forward direction. Um, you live in Vegas and the NBA has been rumored to exploring a team in the NBA. LeBron James has even said, I would love to bring it here to a team here at some point in Vegas. How do you feel about a team in Vegas and LeBron being part of the leadership that makes that happen?
2: That is probably the greatest thing for our city, but also for the NBA, because we have the gaming it's already set up the books and everything. And it's legal. Uh, we have the Raiders came here, broke, dragged out. Didn't nobody wanted them. We built a new billion dollars, you know, a couple of three or four billion dollar Allegiant Arena. I mean, uh, stadium. They have blossomed. They have their revenue has grown tremendously, and. We got now the Oakland A's are trying to move here or the, the Texas team. One of the Texas teams are trying to move in baseball. This would be, I would think be the greatest thing that happened in the NBA, as well as for LeBron James, because I think he's one of the front runners on this. And there's a lot of funds out here with people who want to join him. And there's a lot of international funds and we have, a T-Mobile arena, we already have it set up and rolling. And in the meantime, the live wikis, who was trying to build the franchise in Seattle, because the Sonics, you gotta have, when you come back with the expansion, you're gonna have two teams coming in because otherwise it would be unbalanced. So you got, you're got you bringing back the Sonics where my jerseys and all of my stuff is in storage because I didn't wanna take let them take my stuff too. <laughs> okay uh, OKC. Lenny Welkin's stuff is in storage. Uh, Gary Payton's stuff is in storage. So we're all going to have a big day up there in the two years and two and a half years when they come back. And here you have LeBron, who has gave the league so much, and now he's an owner, and he might get a chance to play Vince with his young son for one year I know that's here in Vegas. It's going to be something special. So that's my joy of of him having that franchise
0: let's talk about your podcast tell us about the spencer haywood rule in your podcast you you get to tell your story every day and we're truly thankful first of all that you're telling our story here on the vc show yes. and all of our listeners kind of get to get to kind of take a walk through history because it's one thing you know sidebar to 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 read about history, it's another thing having history in front of you and telling the actual story. Because now you don't get history mistaken. And I've told you this before, but tell us about the Spencer Haywood rule.
2: The podcast is something that I do just to, it's like going to therapy. You know, I get a chance to talk about basketball life. And I spent a lot of time, I've had Chuck D as one of my guests. We did hip hop and the history of hip hop. What it was all about, how it came about. So I've had those kind of people on, and I've had the NBA chief psychologist for the Players Association. We've done a couple of podcasts together, and in terms of just the mental health aspect uh, that players need and their families. You know, we we keep saying the player need it, but their families need it as well. Opening up those avenues. So I, I've just been overwhelmed by the idea that I could just sit in on in a microphone and talk and talk about all the Just let it out. Time. Just <laughs> let it all out. So it's, it's been awesome. It's been awesome. It's called the Spencer Haywood rule podcast. You can get the, get it anywhere on your, um, your podcast search. And it's, it's fun for me. And it's also, it gives me a chance to talk about recovery. It gives me a chance to tell people about my fall because it was a horrible fall, you know, to be up top and fall to the bottom. And I survived and didn't die because we have a lot of people that didn't make it. And so I'm just, I got a lot of gratitude. And then uh, one podcast I'm getting ready to do, Roz, is about a father and daughter oh, relationship. that's amazing. Uh, where, you know, I, with four, I, I, I want to get into it with all four of my girls and let them tell bad stories about me. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think, of-
0: I, but that would be cool though, Spencer, think about this. Cause like all of your daughters can talk about, like you talk about your rise and your fall and your rise again, and your daughters can kind of talk about the experience going the experience through their experiences going through. through that because yeah. it's going to help heal and educate other kids who are going through that, don't, who don't understand or know how to right. handle it or recover from it. So I think that would be therapy for, for them as well. So I think that's a cool idea.
2: It's a cool, great idea. I mean, I, I can't wait for them all to, we sit down and do this. But I had to take a break because of my loss of my, loss of my, my Linda for all of those years together with her. So now I'm back. I feel good. I feel uh, rejuvenated. You know, thanks well, to Spencer, you Well, Spencer, we thank you. Good.
0: Yeah, man, we thank you so much for doing this. Last, I want to ask you one question. Do you still play basketball? Do you still shoot around? Do you still fool around on the court when you get that opportunity?
2: Yeah, I do. I play a little bit over at, mm. uh, you know, Shaq, Shaquille O'Neal's son is here with the G Leg. Okay. And okay. so they play over in Henderson mm-hmm. and I'm a, a member of uh, Lifetime Fitness. So we have a gym over there. So I, I get out there and do a little something, something, <laughs> but I know good. <laughs> That's my game is gone. It's just, oh, man. it's just, a, you got the golf, you, you got, got those it. golf hands now. Yeah, I got the golf hand. You remember now, you guys, I'm 74 years old, so. I know, but yeah, you said you're yeah. doing a little something, something. That's, that's something, saying something, something. something. Yeah, my nephew lives out here, and he's a former uh, uh, military person. And they play, and it's Ricky Sober's son. He plays in the league. So I get over and look at the guys and watch right. everybody play. So I got a little something. And I got two grandchildren well, coming up. let's go. And a brand right, Well, once
0: again, but we, well, once again, we thank you so much for your time. Uh, welcome back. You know, I, I know you feel rejuvenated. We're so thankful. I'm thankful. I know Roz is for not only having you on here. You know how I feel about you and you telling your story. Thank you. Thank you so much. Once again, you guys. I hope you guys enjoyed the VC show. We're signing off. Spencer Haywood, Roz, VC. We out. Let's go. Hey.